Hello and welcome to The Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gelhar. The Most Accurate Podcast is proud to be presented by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has an all-new format for snake drafts, Battle Royale. I'll give you the full rundown of this awesome new game type later in the show. In the meantime, download the Underdog Fantasy app and get ready to play. I shouldn't have to intro today's song, but just in case you've never heard of Born in the USA, it was written and performed by the boss himself, Bruce Springsteen, released on a 1984 album of the same name. I figured this would be a fitting song since many of you will likely listen to this episode on Election Day. Hell, maybe this pod will even help pass the time if you're voting today, which I encourage all of you to do. It is a right bestowed on all of those who are born in the USA. But I also wanted to feature this song because it is often blasted at political rallies and other such events, even though the lyrics don't quite align with what those playing it uh, really think or, or want it to convey. For instance, despite the song's booming chorus, if you listen to the lyrics, Springsteen is painting a picture of the American struggle, particularly for a veteran returning from the Vietnam War. Anyway, next time you hear this song blasting at a 4th of July party, take a moment to listen to or read the lyrics. It'll be a rewarding experience, I promise. I'll link to an article in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about Springsteen's process of writing this now iconic song. Anyway, on to the football. Week 8 was a wild one, as the elements, particularly the wind, wreaked havoc on games all across the country. As such, it was a little tougher to find reliable, actionable data for waiver pickups. But I do my best in what's to come. As usual, you can read my full list of recommendations at 444.com in the article titled Waiver Wire Watch. I'll get to my top selections at each position shortly, but first, the news. We start in San Francisco, where last year's runner-up was dealt back-to-back devastating injury blows. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo will miss several weeks with a high ankle sprain. He previously missed two weeks with the same injury, but could be out even longer now. And tight end George Kittle suffered a fracture in his foot that is expected to miss eight weeks. That means he's likely done for the fantasy season, as most fantasy leagues will be done around week 16, with very, very few going into week 17. Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay injured his hip against the Colts in week 8, and has already been ruled out for week 9 against the Vikings. It's not a great sign that Galladay has already been ruled out, so we'll need to watch further reports to see the full extent of his potential absence. The Lions offense really is not the same without Galladay, so keep that in mind as you make start-sit and waiver decisions the rest of the week. Calvin Ridley suffered a midfoot sprain on Thursday night against the Panthers. Though the Falcons are optimistic, their star-wide receiver will not miss much time, if any. Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew will miss the team's Week 9 game against the Texans with a thumb injury. Rumors swirled last week that the team was considering benching Minshew, and now the team has, quote, no idea when Minshew will return or if he'll start again once healthy. It's not too soon to drop Minshew and stream the position if you haven't already. Rookie Jake Luton will start in Minshew's place. The Packers placed running back A.J. Dillon on the COVID-19 reserve list. Dillon was tested Sunday morning, as all players are per the league's deal with the NFL Players Association, but the team didn't find out he was a positive test until Monday. This could have a big impact on the Packers' backfield uh, for players such as Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who was recently added to the injury list with a, quote, did not participate. That could be an indication that he is uh, quarantining as well, and will have more tests to see if he was infected by his backfield mate Dillon. This could also impact the Packers' schedule game on Thursday night against the 49ers. We'll have to monitor updates from Lombardi Avenue closely in the coming days to determine how to prioritize waiver bids and pickups. The Browns are on their bye in Week 9, but head coach Kevin Stefanski said that tight end Austin Hooper will definitely be back for Week 10 against the Texans. This means you can drop Harrison Bryant and David Njoku, and it might be worth looking for Hooper on waivers just in case. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor is dealing with an ankle injury, though the severity of said injury isn't known. This does help explain Taylor's disappointing outing against the beatable Lions defense, though. 
and it's also a bit worrisome for his rest-of-season outlook, as the Colts heavily involved Jordan Wilkins with Taylor dealing with his ankle injury, and Wilkins performed really well. Rams running back Daryl Henderson left the team's Week 8 loss to the Dolphins and did not return with a thigh injury. We haven't seen an update on his injury yet, but if he misses time, the backups in Los Angeles, Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers, will become much more viable starting fantasy plays. Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton suffered a strained groin against the Lions and did not return. His availability isn't yet known for Week 9, but that might not matter as the Colts haven't fielded many fantasy viable wideouts this season with Rivers targeting running backs and tight ends so heavily. All right, hey everybody, usually at this point it's where I uh, tip you off to the Discord AMA we've been doing for most of the season, but I've got some disappointing but also good news in that we're no longer going to be doing a Tuesday afternoon uh, Discord waiver wire AMA. Part of the problem is that with my schedule being so packed, uh, I write the waiver wire watch and then I write Trader's Alley and was doing the Discord AMA, I didn't really have the time necessary on Tuesday afternoon and evening to fully update the waiver wire watch article so that you guys could have the most up-to-date injury and waiver priority information. So as such, we're going to kick those discords uh, to the curb for now. Sorry if you were enjoying them. They were a lot of fun. But in the end, this should help you as crunch time approaches with the fantasy postseason just around the corner to get the best waiver wire pickups and have the best information possible moving forward. So don't forget to check the waiver wire watch article on 444.com every Tuesday night, as I should have plenty of updates in there with latest injury news so you can be as informed as possible. Now, a quick reminder before we dive into the recommendations for this week, roster percentages are pulled from Yahoo Fantasy Leagues, and free agent budget recommendations are based on a $100 season-long budget. Each positional list of recommendations will be ranked from top priority to lowest priority. And with that out of the way, here are my top quarterback ads for the week. Teddy Bridgewater for the Panthers, 57%. Derek Carr for the Raiders, 29%. Kirk Cousins for the Vikings, 28%. Bridgewater disappointed on Thursday night, but the Vulcans defense got some players back in the secondary, and blitzed the hell out of Teddy, contributing to his uninspiring outing. Still, Bridgewater has scored multiple touchdowns in three of his last five games, and could add another such game to that ledger as the Panthers will desperately try to keep pace with the Chiefs next week. Bridgewater and the rest of these streamers are all pretty close in my eyes, so I wouldn't throw more than like $3 at these guys if you're in a pinch at quarterback. But next on the list is Derek Carr for the Raiders. The wind was wild in Cleveland this week, so Carr's depressed numbers. He only threw for 112 passing yards and one touchdown, are a little bit more understandable. Next week, Carr should have a much better chance to put up some solid numbers against the Chargers in Los Angeles. The Chargers defense has allowed nine touchdowns to quarterbacks over its last three games prior to week eight, uh, where they also let in three touchdowns to Drew Locke. Carr and the Raiders offense should be able to get going without massive wins slowing things down, and I like Carr as one of the top streamers of the week. Rounding out the top three quarterbacks is Kirk Cousins. The game script in Week 8 and the elements allowed the Vikings to fall into their dream plan under Mike Zimmer, which is feeding Dalvin Cook 50 billion touches. In reality, he only had 32, but I think Kirk Cousins only threw 14 passes at that game, so a little bit of a, an anomaly game script in the modern era NFL. That could not be, it might not be the case this week, though, as the Vikings play a Lions defense that has been vulnerable to running backs, but has also allowed a lot of passing work. Plus, the Lions offense can put up some points, although Kenny Galladay being out hurts that a little bit. You can kind of go both ways with this Kirk Cousins pick. You can see a situation where these two teams with subpar defenses get into a shootout, or this could be a case where Dalvin Cook, you know, sees 30-plus touches and racks up 200 total yards again. So Cousins is a, he's got a decent floor, but uh, his ceiling is also a little tougher to see uh, as opposed to guys like Teddy and uh, Derek Carr, which is why I have him ranked third on this list. All right, before I get to the rest of the pickups, a quick word on Underdog Fantasy again. 
We all love snake drafts. We all love big prizes, but we don't all love big entry fees or multi-week contests. So Underdog Fantasy just released an all-new format for their snake drafts, and it's called Battle Royale. In Battle Royale, you draft a one-week team like you normally would, but instead of only competing against the other teams in your specific draft, you compete with teams from other drafts. This way, they pull together the prizes so you can offer big tournament-style payouts while keeping the live snake draft format. If you think this is your week and you can draft the best team, you have to try Battle Royale. It offers the big upside a normal snake draft can't, with prizes that used to be only attainable in season-long or salary cap tournaments. The first Battle Royale is already up in the Underdog app and website. It's $5 to enter and has a $25,000 prize pool and pays out five grand to first place. So check out the Battle Royale format through Underdog either on their website or the Underdog Fantasy app. Okay, with that out of the way, here are several of the top running back targets for this week. Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown for the Rams, 31% rostered. Jermichael Hasty for the 49ers, 49% rostered. DJ Dallas for the Seahawks, 24% rostered. And Jordan Wilkins for the Colts, 2% rostered. Before I get started, if guys like Justin Jackson, Zach Moss, and J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards are available in your league, you should absolutely pick them up before these guys that I'm going to talk about now. Since that first crop of players, Jackson, Moss, Dobbins, are more highly rostered, I figured I'd spend some time in this week's podcast talking about some lower tier guys on the list. For Brown and Akers, it comes down to Daryl Henderson's injury status, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Henderson left the game early with a thigh injury and did not return. If he is absent, this is kind of what we've been hoping for with this backfield from a fantasy perspective. Not somebody to get injured, but the backfield to condense into maybe two or even one running back as the Rams are one of the run-heaviest teams in the league, and they've been very effective at doing that. So if all of those opportunities get siphoned into fewer bodies, that means more possible production for fantasy. I think both are worth a stash right now. However, if Henderson is going to bounce back in place soon, then Brown and Akers won't be as high of a priority. With injuries ravaging the 49ers' backfield, Jermichael Hasty was the pick to lead the way. He handled 12 carries, 9 more than either Tevin Coleman, who suffered a knee injury again, or Jarek McKinnon, who was mysteriously absent from the game plan again. Uh, Hasty also caught his lone target for two yards. The 49ers are on a short week facing a Packers team. Of course, this is pending any more COVID tests. And that Packers team is extremely, extremely vulnerable against the run. You might remember the 49ers running the ball all over the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Or perhaps you caught Dalvin Cook's demolition of the Packers defense this past weekend, where he had over 200 total yards and four touchdowns. Unless Raheem Mostert returns from injured reserve, Hasty will be a nice RB2 play this week against the Packers. With Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde being nicked up, rookie DJ Dallas uh, cashed in for fantasy players with two touchdowns, but only managed 58 total yards on 23 touches. It was a little disappointing there. If Carson and or Hyde miss week nine, Dallas will be in the mix again. But if one or both return, Dallas is likely going to be a drop candidate as Seattle will return to their veteran uh, backs who have more proven production in that offense. And lastly, among running backs, Jordan Wilkins is a name to circle and pick up. Going into this week, it looked like the Colts had a great matchup against the Lions, uh, but instead of Jonathan Taylor exploiting it, it was Jordan Wilkins who carried the ball 20 times for 89 yards and a touchdown. Prior to this game, Wilkins had only 27 carries for 95 yards on the year, and he almost equaled that production in one game. Now, whether this was game script related because the Colts pulled away from the Lions, or, you know, indicative of maybe a shift in the backfield, or Taylor's injury being more serious is unclear at this time, but... Wilkins still makes a really nice pickup, and with news of Taylor having an injury, an ankle injury, again, we don't know the severity, Wilkins could be in play moving forward if he continues to produce like this with his opportunities in the Colts' offense. 
Moving on to wide receivers, here are some of my top recommendations for the week. Corey Davis for the Titans, 47%. Sterling Shepard for the Giants, 43%. Jalen Ragor for the Eagles, 25%. Christian Kirk for the Cardinals, 58%. And Marvin Jones for the Lions, 49%. The Bengals put the clamps on A.J. Brown, opening things up for Corey Davis, who caught eight of his whopping 10 targets for 128 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. This is the second week in a row that Davis has seen 10 targets, though that trend might be unlikely to continue for a third straight game. A.J. Brown is going to get his at some point, and and it doesn't seem like Davis has overtaken him. It might be more of a matchup-based thing with Davis getting the extra work here. But regardless of what is causing him to see this bump in targets, he is the number number two wide receiver Excuse me, on one of the league's highest scoring and most efficient offenses. So Davis has some terrific fantasy value, at least with a safe-ish floor, and we know that ceilings like this week are in his range of outcomes. Last week, Sterling Shepard returned to the Giants, catching six of his eight targets for 59 yards and a touchdown. He followed that up this week by catching eight of 10 targets for 74 yards, no touchdowns, but that was good production in a tough matchup against the Buccaneers. 18 targets over the last week is a huge sign that Sterling Shepard is back as probably the top wide receiver option for the Giants, and he absolutely needs to be rostered in more leagues heading into the stretch run of the fantasy season. Jalen Ragor played in his first game back on Sunday night against the Cowboys after landing on injured reserve, and he delivered. He caught his first touchdown, uh, finished the game with three catches for 16 yards. The Eagles have desperately needed a boost in the passing game, and Ragor provided a little one. Hopefully, you know, as the Eagles head into their bye, he'll be able to get uh, his footing underneath him a little more, get a little more acclimated to the offense after missing so much time, and come back even stronger afterwards. Despite his low statistical output, again, just three catches for 16 yards in that touchdown, His six targets trailed only Travis Fulham, who's been a target vacuum in that Eagles offense, given all those injuries in the past uh, catching core. So I think Ragor, even though he's heading into his bye, is a solid add and could be a decent wide receiver too moving forward, as the Eagles uh, will need to continue to put up points to uh, win games. Not like a John Maddenism there, but they've had to put up a lot of points to get their few wins that they've done uh, ahead this season. Next up, Christian Kirk was on his bye in week eight. Uh, which is possibly why his roster percentage is still a little lower, only uh, sub-60%. But entering uh, that break, Kirk had averaged just shy of six targets per game in his previous four, scoring five touchdowns in that span. Now, Kirk's lack of volume probably means that those touchdowns are going to regress, but he is finding the end zone, and he has Kyler Murray's eye near the end zone. Plus, he's a deep threat, as we saw him score that massive touchdown against the Cowboys uh, in primetime a couple weeks ago. So I think Kirk, if he somehow landed on your waiver wire, maybe somebody didn't pick him up because it was on his buy, or somebody dropped him for a spot start, a great add. He might be a little more volatile, but has a high-end wide receiver three upside. And lastly, I've jumped a couple other players on this list. Again, you can get the full rundown at uh, 444.com. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Marvin Jones, since Kenny Galladay has that hip injury. Jones saw seven targets, which was tied for the most on the team once Galladay went out, and he maximized those opportunities, scoring two touchdowns, but catching just three for 39 yards. With Galladay out next week, Jones uh, against the Vikings will have, you know, some wide receiver two upside as that secondary has been able to get roasted by pretty much everybody this year. But Kenny Galladay is kind of a Jenga piece in that Lions offense, and when he is out, they do not move the ball as efficiently. So there's certainly an outcome you can tell yourself where Marvin Jones has a massive day, but you also have to build into that expectation, and maybe in how you build your lineup if you pick up and start Jones, that he could have a disappointing outing as well if that Lions offense gets uh, stymied. And rounding out the list, here are the tight end pickups for the week. Eric Ebron for the Steelers, 45%. Logan Thomas for the football team, 26%. And Ross Dwelly for the 49ers, 0%. 
I've talked about Ebron in this podcast pretty much every week for what feels like an eternity now, but his roster percentage is staying low and people are missing out on some solid tight end production. He has now caught three plus passes for 43 plus yards in five of his last six games. So like those aren't awe-inspiring numbers, but if you think about it, he's offering in PPR formats a 7.3 point per week floor. Uh, He's got two touchdowns in that span as well, so if he can find the end zone, that's a really nice tight end week as opposed to rolling the dice with a lot of these guys that are maybe getting one catch, you know, two catches, things like that. Ebron is a starting tight end in 12-team leagues, and his roster percentage should reflect that. So if you're having issues with the position or maybe just lost Kittle, Ebron should be the top priority. Logan Thomas is coming off of his bye, uh, which might be why his percentage is so low as well. And people could have forgotten that he has scored touchdowns in each of his last two games before that, catching four passes in each of those, one time going for 60 yards and the other going for 42. So if you're doing your math at home, those are 14 and 16 point outings at tight end. That's really, really good production. And Thomas is going to have a nice matchup coming out of his bye against the Giants in week nine. He should be prioritized right after Eric Ebron on that waiver wire. And last but not least, we have Ross Dwelly. Uh, Dwelly got in a little bit of work once Kittle went out uh, this past week. And since Kittle's going to be out for pretty much the rest of the fantasy season, Dwelly could have some long-term upside. Over the last two years, Dwelly's snap share has jumped from 23% to 83% in games where George Kittle is out. And Dwelly has averaged a little over four targets and three catches per game in that span. The downside of this is Dwelly is certainly not going to come in and be George Kittle 2.0. Nobody can do that because George Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the league. But this 49ers offense lacks consistent pass catchers. And if Nick Mullins filling in for Grappolo or if it comes back to CJ Beathard finds a rapport with Dwelly, he could offer a real nice floor in PPR formats. So he's a little bit more under radar of an ad, but I certainly think he's somebody you should be targeting in deeper leagues. All right, I'm going to run you through the full list of waiver wire options covered in this podcast one more time. But don't forget for a more complete list to check out the full article at 444.com. At quarterback, we have Teddy Bridgewater for the Panthers. Derek Carr for the Raiders, and Kirk Cousins for the Vikings. At running back, we have Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown of the Rams. Jermichael Hasty of the 49ers. DJ Dallas with the Seahawks. And Jordan Wilkins with the Colts. Of course, remember that came with the caveat. If Justin Jackson, Zach Moss, J.K. Dobbins, or Gus Edwards is available, you should pick them up first, but I wanted to expand the running backs discussed. At wide receiver, we have Corey Davis for the Titans. Sterling Shepard for the Giants, Jalen Ragor for the Eagles, and Christian Kirk for the Cardinals, and lastly, Marvin Jones for the Lions. And then rounding out the recommendations, our tight ends, we have Eric Ebron for the Steelers, Logan Thomas for the football team, and Ross Dwelly for the 49ers. All right, everybody, that will do it for the Week 9 edition of the Most Accurate Podcast Waiver Wire Watch. I am your host, as always, Alex Gelhar. Please don't forget to Rate, review, subscribe, like, share, all of the above. Do all of them. They will bring you good things in this life. I'm looking at some some star charts and some zodiac symbols and some, you know, hashtag. And the boss carries out.